0: Hello, I'm Carrie Gard and welcome to Tea Time with Tech Marketing Leaders.
1: Good content. It really is a foundation for building a brand.
0: I've had so many people join me this show to discuss content. Content, content, content. I have a few folks later this year, even, who joined me to discuss storytelling and what content means to them and how we can do it better and well. Content is the heart of our brand, however it shows up, whether that's copy, video, or images. And while everyone seems to have a different approach, there's a clear trend that is starting to surface around the customer and actually sitting down and listening to what the customer needs and why they need it before you actually put pen to paper. Christian Degabi joins me to reiterate this. Content and message are created in a vacuum, as he likes to point out, and he's beyond frustrated, I'm with you Christian, beyond frustrated, that sellers and marketers are still leading with their product and features. It's not transparent, nor is it empathetic, in his his opinion and couldn't agree more with you, Christian. Couldn't agree more. It's not. It's not either of those things. It's uh, very self-centered. And I hate I hate to break it to y'all. I hate to break it to y'all. But actually, your product that you're selling isn't really about you. I know. Oh, shocker. It's true, though. It's not about you. It's about your customer what your customer needs. And so if you could really understand that at its core, then the selling won't feel like selling. Christian is first and foremost, he loves and appreciates the practice of marketing and brand development. He enjoys staying at the forefront of the latest trends, best practices, and case studies via various methods. An absolute must to be a successful marketer and brand professional today. His experience and passion for designing and leading digital marketing and brand strategies on a company and practice level that resonates in today's noisy uh, paid earned and own touch points has led to increased customer engagement awareness sales qualified leads and record revenue oh and uh christian's open to work so if you have a need for customer-centric messaging uh you might want to jam that connect button head on over to christian's profile link is in the show notes before you go before you do that uh take a listen to this episode here's my episode. here is my conversation with christian Hello, Christian. Thank you for joining me on tea time with tech marketing leaders.
1: Very, very nice to be here, Carrie. Thank you for uh, actually me to join.
0: Yes, love having you. We're excited to get into today's conversation before we get there, Christian, why don't you tell us your story? What do you do and how did you get there?
1: Um a great question. I've been in um marketing for for twenty plus years. I started my career at Ogilvy and Mather, which is um, Uh, a global advertising agency um, in New York City, working on media planning for big brands like uh, Hershey's and IBM and GTE at the time. And then about five years in the the, New York City advertising uh, business, I moved over to client-side marketing. Uh, Since 2002, I've been in B2B client-side marketing and uh, for a bunch of different companies and it's something that I really enjoy and as marketing has progressed and the world has changed I love the challenges and and the successes that come along with uh, B2B marketing.
0: How did you make the journey from client from agency side to client side that's that's not a necessarily an easy thing to do or was it maybe it was.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think um, everything kind of falls under the same umbrella. Uh, I thought it was a natural segue from working in media planning for Ogilvy and Mather to B2B client-side marketing, I thought was a a relative jump where I could take my advertising agency experience and apply it towards B2B client-side marketing.
0: In what way? What did you? Was it still media planning? Was it completely different? What was sort of the new role that you played on the client side?
1: Um, jumping to the client side in two thousand two, I, I thought was a uh, definitely a transition, definitely a little bit of a learning curve. But I took what I learned from being in uh, media planning on the advertising agency side and being responsible for. Um, uh, a B2B marketing company um, and planning their promotions and how they were going to market their company. Um, I mean, way back when we didn't have a lot of the technologies that we have today, like social media um, Mm -hmm. and sophisticated websites um, and different technologies and and video wasn't big, but um, I I think it was a natural jump to go from advertising agencies to B2B client-side marketing in um, being responsible for uh, promoting that B2B company, whether it be on a company level or a service line level or a product level, but I thought it was um, uh, a natural jump.
0: And, and did it pan out for you and it sounded I mean you're still there so it must have. but just in terms of your expectations of it being a bit uh, slower, easier to manage and being able to take those skills, of media planning to to the client side did it feel like a natural transition
1: it did it felt very comfortable it it felt very similar um my first job in b2b client side marketing was for a small to mid-sized accounting firm and uh i was their first marketing hire and they were looking to position their brand out in the marketplace build brand awareness using Back in 2002, the mediums that were available to us at the time. So it, it felt very natural to go from the advertising agency world to marketing um, uh, a company uh, to their audience. So um, it, it felt very natural in that way.
0: With the agency world, I, f- I felt the same way. It was a lot of clients, it was a lot of moving parts, it was a lot to manage. Um, it felt like I was. I don't want to say all over the place, but I definitely didn't feel it's a lot easier to think about one client and what that client needs, especially from a media planning standpoint. And it sounds like you got to really branch out too, where it wasn't just media planning. You got to think more broadly and holistically for the accounting firm.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Um, What I wanted to say was uh, that. that I thought the advertising agency world prepared me very well for the BB client side marketing world, because after being in that advertising agency world with so much press pressure, the long hours, the, uh, the, the, uh, hierarchy of, uh, uh, in the team structure was, was different in the advertising agency world, but, I I just felt less pressure when I moved to the B2B client side world, just because it was less, uh, less, uh, less cutthroat, just less pressure being making that transition to the B2B client side
0: world. Yeah. I feel, I, I can see how that would, that would work out, especially in New York city long hours. Definitely. I think I, I normally worked eight 30 to eight (laughs) 30. That was a typical day.
1: Yeah, it was, um, you know, and when when you work on, when you work for big brands in the advertising agency world, there are perks. There are a lot of people that want your advertising dollars for back then, like magazines and outdoor and radio uh, and newspapers We're, were big back in the day. So there are a lot of perks in the advertising agency world as far as tickets and happy hours and stuff like that. So it, it was just uh, a different world back then.
0: Yeah. It, it got old. Like it was, it was nice to have for sure. But I remember at one point my entire team was going to Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. And I was like, I've just been with you guys all day. And that, that sounds really fun, but I, <laughs> I, I, I need to go home. <laughs> I just, I just really need to go home. So I, it did the, the novelty of it all. I mean, I made Nike shoes at one point I went, um, we did a, I don't know if you did this in New York. There was a place on the river that did a trap, a trapeze school. We got to uh, do it. No,
1: not not familiar.
0: Yeah, that was really fun. So yeah, definitely a lot of fun outings, but <laughs> by the end of it, I was like, I'm, I just want to go home guys.
1: Yeah. I just felt like I was in a pressure cooker. Like you said, you're working 12, 14 hour days and And at the time I was going to get my MBA and felt pressure on top of that. So again, prepared me very well for the B2B world. And I was able to take a lot of the same principles of uh, research and knowing your client to the B2B world. And there was a learning curve for about a year. There was an adjustment, of course, but it, it definitely prepared me very well.
0: Yeah, I can definitely see that. So, where are you now, Christian? What are you doing now, and um, in what B two B industry are you in?
1: So, I'm in the, uh, the tech industry today, um, which is a great industry to be in. It's very fast paced. Um, I think the the tech industry and uh, the tech services that we offer today, as far as cybersecurity, legacy modernization, um, uh, leveraging your data regardless of the economy today, regardless of how things are going in the world, tech services that we provide today are just going to become more and more important as we move forward. So to be in the tech industry and to market tech products, I think um, you know they're, they're never going to go away. So to be in a high demand field, especially cybersecurity, um, is very exciting. It's very fast-paced. There are a lot of competitors out there that are competing for for your uh, for your business and and knowing how to differentiate your IT services, your tech services, and making an impression and breaking through that noise to your target market today. I I, I think is very important. And I, I think there's a certain way to go about that. Um, so it's a very fun. Uh, very challenging um, time to be in marketing today, regardless of the industry, but especially in tech where all of these tech services that I mentioned are going to be in high demand. I think it's absolutely crucial that you provide a great customer experience today and, and know how to brand your company and know how to deliver your, your messaging to to your target markets today to to kind of break through that noise because today you're not only competing within your industry, we're bombarded with so many messages and being on our mobile app and, and stuff like that, it's 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 hard to break through the noise today, to, to make an impact to uh to your target market.
0: And cybersecurity is getting more and more crowded every day. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um if you're not working for a, a company that provides only cybersecurity services, like I did at Threat Connect. If you're working for a tech company today, um, like I am, you, you have a cybersecurity offering today, and there's a lot of cybersecurity offerings today, whether it be consulting uh, on a platform level, um, and distinguishing your cybersecurity services and protection um, is is. Paramount today, and I think that's where that's where I think a lot of tech companies are at today. It's very hard to go through a week without reading about some cybersecurity attack against whether it be a government entity or um, or a company, and and this kind of all goes back to trust and your target trusting that company that they're doing business with, whether it be B2B or retail with your data, with your credit card information, with your personal information. Um, So cybersecurity and trust, I think, kind of go hand in hand today, which kind of gets back to, in general, that's what marketing is trying to provide. And if they do it well, is trust, is to build that trust with their target market that you can trust us, with your data.
0: Yeah. No, for sure. Um this is leading really nicely into our conversation but before we get there Christian tell me what's one challenge you're currently facing? What's what's something that's keeping you up at night?
1: I would say in B2B marketing and again I think I, I think it's gotten better it's gotten better over the years I think we still have a long way to go but incorporating emotion into your B2B marketing um, So I always like to think like if like if an alien came down to Earth like you know, what what is human based B two B marketing today? If they if they asked me that if an, if an alien came down, I I would tell them that it's it's not product driven, which I think a lot of B two B companies, at least through my experience and networking with colleagues and subscribing to all the marketing newsletters that that I subscribe to is not leading with your products. Um, There's a time and a place for that. That's what you have sales enablement material for, which I think is very important to have when you're meeting, when sales is meeting with clients, BD is meeting with clients, is to have that nice sales enablement material, but not leading with your products on your website, through your social media. Again, huge fan of videos, telling a story. Uh, So humanizing B2B marketing today, um, knowing how to storytell, uh, including emotion, including humor into B2B marketing today, I think is so important. And then I think, cause if you Google like humor and B2B marketing or human-based marketing five years ago, I, I would venture to guess like you get close to zero responses, but, it's becoming more and more prominent. I think B2B marketers are becoming more and more aware that to include emotion, uh, to include humor, to include storytelling into B2B marketing today. And the companies that, that don't get that, who still want to lead with their product, uh, product videos, product blog posts, their social media posts are based around their product. I, I, just, don't, I just don't think they get it. They get it. And then the companies that do get it, are definitely going to have a big competitive advantage over the companies that don't.
0: This leads perfectly into our conversation, which is going is which is about the three elements to better B2B marketing. And you mentioned all three. Um, well, two, too heavily in what you just said in terms of your current challenge. Tell me more though, in terms of why is this so important? Like I get what human human to human marketing is, but and to not leave with your product. I'm not sure we've hit on the why yet. Why is that so important?
1: It's very important because even in B2B marketing, people um, make decisions, big decisions. And I, I think that's been the barrier of B2B marketers not understanding this. I think just because their solutions may cost hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars that you have to be talking about your products or features and benefits. Um, And I think it's important because even in B2B marketing, at the end of the day, we are marketing toward to, to human beings who, who have emotions, who have a personality, who when they're looking at a bunch of different, say like ERP solutions for their company, even, even those decisions are, you know, they want to look good internally. They want to make the right decision. They want to look good to the company, to their boss. And, and emotions play into that. They are thinking about making that right solution to make their job and the company's job easier. And if you don't plug into or consider the role emotions play in their decision and making that right decision, I, I just think it's a big mistake because there's only so far the messaging of your products, features, and benefits will go. But us being human beings, we knowing that we do make decisions based on emotion, we we definitely have to consider that to, you know, pull it, you know, pull at their heartstrings and, and, include emotion marketers should be including that emotion into their um into their marketing because i think talking about products and services will only get you so far
0: yeah so what emotions do you think you talk a lot about emotion when it comes to to being human and storytelling for b2b marketing what emotions are you specifically referring to
1: um I'm talking about emotions that really, uh, you know, kind of, kind of hit your heart and your soul um, where you are making an emotional connection with the brand as far as helping them. Um, For example, like, you know, community service, like if your company does community service um, and you are helping, for example, a community service event where you're helping like build houses, like their Habitat for Humanity and, and the time that your employees take out of their workday to do community service and how you're helping them live a better life or you're giving them a new home or you're helping children read, um, I think is very, very powerful to making a, um, a human connection.
0: Is there anything that, what are some of the stories you've told in your career For some of the brands. Can you give us an example of something you've specifically done that showed the emotion you're talking about?
1: As far as emotion goes, uh, when I was at uh, a former company a couple of years ago, we told the story. um, uh, The company had been in business for several years. um, And when I joined, we were very product driven. We were very all about highlighting our products and our social media posts or websites, all the, all the content, all the blog posts that we pulled out were all about our products. It all led back to our products. So, um, you know, after digesting all this and reading all this, you know, to become more human driven, to, to include emotion into our marketing, we started telling stories um, and creating videos on our social media posts about how our company started, and what a struggle it was to make the company start, and and how we gained those um, those first few clients. So after speaking to the founders of the company, you know what they had to go through, the them meeting with their clients, and and what that client conversation, um, those first client conversations um, were about the 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 disappointments that they encountered while while starting to build their business and their perseverance to to keep on going, um, their first hires, and it was more a lot of of the the behind-the-scenes things about how they built their business. So we wrote about that in our blog posts. We created powerful videos of our CEOs and co-founders talking about their dream to provide, um, you know, at the time it was small business insurance how to provide affordable accessible transparent small business insurance to to their clients and and, and what it did for those small business owners giving them peace of mind um, and uh, if and I, and I recall interviewing a couple of our first clients and and just what that did for them when when this company came along and how cordial they were and how they bent over backwards for them to, to access and purchase insurance for their small business. And that was emotional based marketing. I think at its finest, because we were not talking about our products, but we were talking about with our founders, how the business got off the ground Um, and with our first clients and how happy they were to have security. Um, that their business was going to be okay in case of a cyber attack or a natural disaster or an owner passing away. So it really went beyond the products and spoke about the comfort that we gave them um, and the comfort that was core to our company and providing, uh, you know, that comfort back to our clients. So it was, it was very emotional based campaign Via social and via video and via blog posts, and um, so it was a very, very powerful campaign.
0: And it really tells the why of the company, right? When you go back to the founder yeah, story, our
1: yeah, our mission. It was it was that peace of mind that we gave them, and the pre and the appreciation that our clients felt for us and what we did for them. And We spoke nothing about our products; it was all about the end result and the comfort that we gave them. And that was very, very powerful. And we put that video, those videos, I think it was a three-part series, social media or website, email campaigns. Um, and uh, you know, it's just all about, it was all about creating that emotional connection. So the, I think the why is, because if, you, if you're just talking about your products and services, it's very stagnant, it's very dry, it's unemotional. And as we know, even B2B decision makers make decisions logically and emotionally, so.
0: That's interesting, logically and emotionally, especially if you would think that the, you know, depending on your audience, when you're talking about cyber specifically, you are talking to a um, more straightforward audience, right? They want the facts, they want the detail, they want the um so you know, layering in those facts with in a way that tells that story, I think can be really powerful. And I love what you're talking about from an insurance company standpoint, especially for small businesses. Yeah, it, it is very easy to pull that string through and and tell that story and be human about it. And I like what you're saying too. In sort of, it, it doesn't feel like I feel like in cybersecurity, especially, it's very easy to sort of fall back on the emotion of fear.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I think, um, you know, like we spoke about, there's so many cybersecurity providers out there, whether it's a company that does only cybersecurity platforms, or a tech company, like I'm working at now, who has a lot of different tech services, one of them being cybersecurity. So there's so many choices out there, so many. And the companies that will be successful and resonate and touch the heart of their target markets are the ones that are going to incorporate their client's voice about what it did for them and creating that emotional connection. And like you said, the natural instinct with cybersecurity is to play off their fear. Um, If you don't do this, you're going to get attacked. Um, If you don't have these platforms your client's data is going to be compromised. And that's all true. And if you want to fold that into your messaging a little bit, mention it here and there on your website, social media videos, that's fine. But I think there's an attrition level with clients where they become either numb to that, but, but but people today on the B two B decision maker side and the B two B and the B two C decision maker side, they're wise, more wise today than ever. They're savvy. They get it. They know when they are hearing marketing messaging to make them buy. So you have to go beyond that and create that emotional meaning for them. Or if they get cybersecurity, or if they're doing cybersecurity right. Um and, and they're hearing from the SMEs at the company, if they're hearing from happy clients about their work and relationship with that with, with your company and the and the services you provided them on an emotional level, and you hear them talking and you're writing about that and not talking about fear, but the results that work and relationship go a lot farther than playing off people's fear. Cause I think, again, I think there's a, um, a line or an attrition level where if everybody's talking about fear, again, you're level setting again, because everybody's talking about fear. So what are you going to do to be different? What, what's your messaging going to be like to be different? And that's where you want to connect on an emotional level and not talk about fear, but talk about, how you saved company, you know, millions of dollars through a working relationship with your company and how easy they were to work with, um, how your employees feel safer, um how um how how you, you know you may through a cybersecurity prevented attack that that you may have saved um, you know, possibly jobs, you know, from the company losing a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I you know I love your point about. Um, over, overdoing it with fear in cybersecurity marketing.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a line. Uh, It sounds like you need to back it up too. Like it's all well and good to tell these stories and to try and be human, but you, you can't just, you can't fake it essentially in terms of what you were saying of how savvy these new buyers are. So how do you create that transparency? How do you back it up?
1: I I think that's a great question. And I, you know, I always, I always think about marketers, especially B2B marketers, you know, based off experience networking, too many B2B marketing decisions today are made in a vacuum where they don't talk to any of their clients. They don't talk to any of their prospects, literally talking to them or, or, or surveying them, not bombarding them with surveys, but strategically placed surveys that, uh, that incorporate their voice. So internally B2B marketers want to be talking to their salespeople. They want to be talking to their product people because they're talking to clients and prospects. absolutely important to incorporate that feedback internally. But if you're not bringing in that loud client voice, literally talking to them and bringing in their voice, um, you, I just don't know how you can do marketing like that because you're, 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 you're marketing in a vacuum, you're marketing based on assumption, probably marketing based on what your competitors are doing. So bringing in that client voice and bringing in there, what, what their pain points are, what they're looking for, what content topics do they want to read about? What formats do they want them in? Talk to them, maybe, maybe on a call just about the, your web, their, their experience with your website and, um, is stuff easy to find Uh, content? What content's on there? What's their experience like with your website? So there are a lot of puzzle pieces to understanding your clients and prospects. I think the biggest puzzle piece is actually speaking to them, you know, surveying them and getting it from them and not making those marketing decisions in a vacuum. And uh, I think that's one area where I think B2B marketers have a long way to go because um, I, I just don't I don't see a lot of it today.
0: I love that, and I totally agree. And the other thing that you said too that was really interesting you said it a little bit earlier, um, but what I really loved is you mentioned subject matter experts. Are you talking about subject matter experts in terms of inside your company, or is that outside your company? Where are you bringing in that level of um, transparency as well?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I would say the quick answer, both. I mean, internally, talking to your SMEs, your product experts, your business development, your salespeople, bringing in that uh, so internal SMEs. But kind of getting back to what we were talking before about Carrie was as far as like building trust, and 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 just B two B brand trust today. As a side note today, is very low. I mean, people just don't trust brands today because. Because um, like you said, they're not transparent. Um, they just uh, don't trust B2B brands today. And I think a lot has to do with that is not reaching out to them, not being transparent, leading with products. So to your point, though, a great way to build trust, because since B2B brand advertising and every touch point they see, either paid, earned or owned, you know, or untrustworthy. Um they don't have a good rap, uh, B2B brands today. Uh, but to your point, external influencers of a, a person, even micro influencers are a great way to build trust with your brand externally with your clients and prospects. Um, they're unbiased. Um, they are will provide an external point of view on your company and your services and your solutions. So I think it's very important to, we've been hearing about influencer marketing for um, a few years now, absolutely. So, but I think that's a a great way to your point to to build that trust and to build that transparency uh, based off the fact that B2B advertising and marketing doesn't have a lot of trust is to, incorporate and reach out to uh, influencers in your field to provide to provide that unbiased view Mm -hmm. of your or review of your products and solutions. So I think that's a great point, Carrie.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think all of this is well and good in terms of telling a story and being human and not making decisions in a vacuum, but if you can't back it up with the right context coming not just from your company but from others i love what you said in terms of subject matter experts being even outside your company to validate what you're saying i think is huge and i don't know that anybody's really doing a lot of that
1: yeah i see it. i definitely see a lot more of it in um the b2b the b2c space with like you know there's so many review sites and right. um you know comments you know thousands of comments hundreds of comments on a particular product that they bought from a b2c company um but you're right you don't see a lot of b2b companies leveraging influencers on uh on their website within their content on social media to to like you get to get that validation of your company um from an unbiased point of view so very very important i agree
0: the last thing I want to talk about, cause you brought it up Christian was around, you know, the content itself and creating it. It sounds like, it, you know, coming up with a sense of essentially a campaign idea, whether that's telling your story and your why, or, you know, showcasing a customer um, themes. Like if you're talking to a bunch of customers and, and some customers are saying similar things, you know, you could sort of create a whole campaign around that. It, it sounds like, though, it's not just then producing one piece of content and being done. I mean, you talked about a three-part series you did. Have you found that this is, you know, whatever that story is, it, it can live beyond just a single entity? How do you bring those to life?
1: Specific, specifically from a content perspective?
0: Yeah. You're talking about storytelling and being human and that, and that creates content, but what does that, what does that mean in terms of like how it lives?
1: Yeah. I think um, I, I, I truly believe um, content um, good content. It really is a foundation for, for building a brand, uh, whether that be awareness or influencing perception it's certainly very important for lead generation. Um, we spoke about, so much about building trust and transparency today, and I think it the foundation is is content. So you you want a diverse content library. You want, uh, yeah. I think it's smart to have a blog today. Um, I think it's smart to have an external e-newsletter, whether that be on a monthly or quarterly basis, to to stay top of mind. That is opt in from all the people that sign up to get it about all the news that's going on with your company today. Content is foundational to, like I said, to building brand awareness, influencing perception of your brand, certainly important to, um, to, for, for a lead generation campaign. Outside of that, I mean, you have your public relations. If, uh, you know, it's very, very important to be seen out in the press. to say top of mind that way, for people to read articles with your SMEs quoted. But content very, very is a foundational to, to building a brand, brand awareness, brand perception, lead generation. And it's important to have a diverse a diverse library of content. So written content, visual content like infographics. Um, and I think the most important content of all, And a lot of studies show this, even B2B decision makers, just because of our lack of attention span today in the the short time that we have today are videos. So creating storytelling videos about your company, transparent videos that are not product driven are so important today. Um, And if you're not leveraging video today to tell your story, a, a client's story we mentioned the story about like telling stories about how your company started, again, not product driven, I think are very, very important today to, to building a brand and lead generation, knowing the content topics that your clients and prospects want to hear about. And what's the best way to do that is to actually ask them what, what content topics they're most interested in, what's the, what content topics are addressing their pain points. Um, so again, including that client feedback and making your clients and prospects like quasi employees, really bringing them in, start a voice, of customer program, uh, where you have, you know, 10 to 12 clients across the, the MPA, um, uh, MPS spectrum where you, where they're giving you feedback as far as like what they want, what, what kind of content and what format they want to digest. So, um, and I just want to, you know, just closing with, uh, not being afraid to use humor um, in in your B2B messaging and your B2B content. Uh, And studies show that content and advertisements that include laughter are more memorable than ones that don't. And again, not forgetting about that. We are marketing to human beings.
0: And I couldn't have put it better myself, Christian. So I'm going to leave our conversation there. Um, because yes, to all that, we're all human and we need more laughter in the world. Yeah. So why not make fun of ourselves a little bit and uh, and show that even when things are hard and scary, there's always a bright side.
1: Absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head and closing it perfectly, especially in today's world. Humor, uh, lightheartedness um, goes a long way. Much, much needed today, Carrie. I totally agree.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Christian, for joining me. Before we close out, I do have my people first questions. If you could travel to anywhere in the world without long travel lines and vaccination passes and booster shots for all the things, where would you go and why?
1: One place I've always wanted to go, uh, just from talking to people and seeing it on TV and magazines and the food, the culture, the people. I think it's awesome to travel to experience all those things and one place I'd want to go probably first, um, that I have in is Ireland. Um, just the history again, for all those reasons, the food, the culture and, um, the, um, the countryside and that would probably be my first place.
0: Break out those Irish dancing shoes. You're going to need them. (laughs) (laughs) Christian, it was so lovely. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you so much, Carrie, for the opportunity. Thank you so much for asking me to be a guest. I had a lot of fun and uh, thank you very much and and stay very well. You too. Bye-bye.
0: That was my conversation with Christian Degabi. If you are passionate about customer-centric marketing as Christian is, be sure to connect. As I mentioned, he is open to work. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. If you're listening, if you're listening, Christian, thank you for joining me and for sharing your passion for thoughtful, transparent, empathetic marketing. What a great reminder. I'm so grateful. Thank you. And thank you, listeners. If you found this episode helpful, please like, subscribe, and share. This episode is brought to you by MKG Marketing, our agency that accelerates the mission of cybersecurity vendors via SEO, digital ads, and analytics. It's hosted by me, Carrie Guard, CEO and co-founder of MKG Marketing, Music Mix, and Mastering done by Austin Ellison. If you'd like to be a guest, please visit mkgmarketinginc.com to apply.